Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug, get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome to a most unusual tea party. I'm Teresa Abram, a graphologist who helps people make better hiring decisions on both sides of the process, and I'm the secret weapon behind some successful coaches. Now, today's guest, we have Christina Licati, who is a psychologist and social engineer, and I am very excited to talk with her today. But before I bring her on, I just want to remind you that the YouTube video for the podcasts are always released on a Thursday. So if you want to see Christina's handwriting sample and work through it the same way that we do, head on over to Handwriting PI's YouTube channel and watch us on Thursday. With that out of the way, welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and extremely curious about your work as well. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about your handwriting, Christina. There are so many interesting features that I don't often get to see. So before we get into your handwriting, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Great. Uh, so I have a background in psychology. I also have a degree in psychology. I took what I learned during my studies and during my practice as an assistant psychologist, and I applied it into social engineering and cybersecurity. Social engineering now has to do with uh, manipulating people to, uh, to practically lead to a cyber attack. Cyber attackers use manipulative tactics on individuals or employees to either get money, get access to assets or credentials or whatnot. And what I do is I, that I train them to recognize these attacks, to recognize the mind games and, and to respond to them because sometimes we might see the red flags but not know what to do about it. And that's one aspect of my job. And the other aspect is open source intelligence and the target vulnerability assessments either for individuals or for companies. And so by that, you mean that you just look to see what information is available on the, the internet? Is, is that what you mean by open source? Open source intelligence uh, is intelligence that you collect from publicly available resources and that can be exploited. You are looking for information that could be exploited by a third party. And that can either happen if you have a company or if you are an individual and all of a sudden your social media paints a very clear profile of who you are, of who your of what your vulnerabilities are, or simply of what your routine is. Like how you put that, how you could be socially engineered. And the reality is we're all targets. We might think we're not, mm -hmm. that we're not remarkable, but it, we really are. For somebody, we are the perfect target. Unfortunately, this is true, and I hope people start talking more about these types of attacks with one another, but with their families as well. I know my dad did that with me when I was young. He told me the internet is not necessarily a safe place. The strangers on the internet are not necessarily meaning well. And he showed me a few things, and uh, they have been very handy. And I think that is really important of recognizing this is still relatively new, the whole internet mm -hmm. and this access to everybody. And just because we have it, it doesn't mean it's necessarily safe or good. And, and how do we navigate that? And it doesn't mean that we should be sharing everything. And yeah, and that's part of the security strategy to know what you shared and how this could be used to your advantage or against you. Because come on, we are also on social media. We do share some things. 
Yeah. And I think that's just part of, that's human nature, isn't it? Where we want to share, we want to make that connection, especially when we're starting to feel a little bit isolated with COVID and some of the restrictions. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's interesting times and and you've brought psychology into it. And that's such a core piece of it because it really is about understanding how people react and it's how people react on an unconscious level. Absolutely, because a lot of the exploitation happens on a subconscious level, like you said. Basically, the the main principle is that your cognitive abilities will not be able to filter out the manipulation and the deceit from an actual plausible story. And one thing leads to the other after that. And that's another part of it. Most people, once they've committed, now they're going to keep going the next step and the next step. Exactly. And that's what social engineers do as well. They try to make you commit or engage on something small, something uh, that is typical for you, something that won't raise any flags or won't make you uncomfortable. And slowly they expand this bandwidth depending on what they want. And then the other person's left wondering, what what just happened? Yes, at the end, uh, they are thinking, how did I go from zero to a hundred? And what have all those steps in between been about? Mm-hmm. And you usually realize it in retrospect, but not while it happens. We just don't know. With handwriting, so much of what we do is unconscious. We don't even recognize what we're doing. And it's operating from that same principle. It's the brain in control and it's doing its thing. And so much of that is just automatic. It's it's not, it's not a conscious thought. Yes, which is why I think it's so fascinating. And also how behavior leaks, how our personality traits are leaking out uh, in so many different ways. Yeah, because it does. It leaks. It, it leaks in our handwriting. It leaks in our face. It leaks in our voice. It'll even leak in our clothes that we choose to wear on any given day. Mm-hmm. How did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Because it's kind of a, a very specific niche that you have here. This is not a common kind of career path. It is. And uh, when I started recognizing social engineering attacks as something separate, I didn't know that you could actually have a job on the niche. I thought that this is just part of the general cybersecurity or simulation attack um, spectrum. But no, you can, by now, it is so big that you can do it as a separate job. But basically, it started from my father. He, he is in cybersecurity. He was working on a more technical aspect of cybersecurity. Eventually, he moved into risk management. But he had uh, two very important traits that he shared with us while we were growing up. First of all, he is a big nerd and an intellectual. And second of all, he's an amazing storyteller and teacher. He has an incredible ability to teach. And while we were growing up, he would show us things to me and my siblings. It used to look like magic to me. Whatever he would do, either technically or in uh, some engagements he had that involved humans, the whole simulation, the whole attack simulation and the whole uh, exploitation and compromise part that would, of course, be for security reasons, they looked magical. And at some point, I, I, I started asking a lot of questions. He realized that I have an interest for it. And a very good decision that he took is that he decided to do an open bar with books and just allow us free access uh, in Amazon books. And let, he let us buy as many as we wanted and study what we were interested in. And I was interested in uh, the human aspect. And you said, I want to be a magician. I want to be a magician. I want to, I want to figure out what this complex human mess is consisted of. (laughs) 
how do we think? Why do we think in in specific ways? How how do we develop our personalities? Also, a question for you. I was wondering, does our handwriting change as we evolve through life? Great question. And it totally does. It's very reflective of who we are at any given time. You can look at it in two different ways. There's the micro level and then there's the macro level. And if you're looking at it at a micro level, you're going to see just even changes in emotions. This day you feel a little bit more optimistic. This day you're feeling a little bit sadder. This day maybe you're a little bit angry or in this time when you wrote, you're feeling very happy. And so we'll see the little reflections and emotions, but overall the writing looks the same. If you compare your handwriting over years and you take a look back over five years or 10 years, you're going to see a marked difference for most people because most people are changing on a very core level. We don't stay the same. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, right. That's I think that's part of the human condition is to learn and grow. And that will reflect in our handwriting. I had a really interesting lady who sent me her mums and her mum had quite a life story. Her mom ended up being agoraphobic where she didn't want to go outside and be with people, but it was before that happened. We can see where it's the start of it. And then I would have loved if she had a handwriting sample for after, because that difference would have been marked in her handwriting. And especially when you have that context. So, wow. Mm -hmm. Definitely changes. And sometimes I know for myself, I'll look back at some of my writing and I'm like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not there still. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about because I, I picked up some of my old books the other day. I was doing some research and I saw the way I was keeping notes and my handwriting and I was thinking, who is this person? That's awesome. So what do you think is, uh, well, you've already mentioned your dad. So clearly he's somebody who inspires you. Very much. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody else that inspires you or is it? I would say there are a lot of different parts connected to different people and I don't tend to have role models that I look up to holistically. I also think that it puts a very unrealistic expectation on their backs to be expected to perform the way I want them to because that's what their role model is, the way I expect them to, the way I, I would like to see possible. I think it's unfair to project all this um, expectation on somebody else. So I, I prefer to, to pick parts of people that inspire me that, and that I find fascinating, whether that is in uh, cybersecurity and figuring out a good strategy to, to secure people, to secure physically an organization, whether it is in uh, intelligence analysis, analysis, which is a part I love, or psychology, human behavior. These are all vastly different areas. They are. And that is such a balanced approach. And it's such an understanding and gracious approach. You're, you're not going to put other people on a pedestal as if they're showing the way you're recognizing, hey, they're human too. And I like what they do. And I can adapt some of what they do and still maintain my own personality. Yes. And I would uh, hope they do the same with me because I wouldn't be perfect in every single aspect either. Mm -hmm. None of us is. And that's fine. But that's not the part we share on social media usually, is it? Sometimes we might share whatever we feel comfortable with. And it's usually a big relief for others. But I tend not to because, I don't know, I think it's too much exposure for me. And that's, you know, I, I, that's true. And when we look at your handwriting, that's what we're going to see. Is There is that focus and that control in your handwriting which says you want to be in control of what other people see and the image that you're projecting. You don't want everybody to know who you really are when you go home at night. Yes, that's true. Yeah. 
think it's different to work and to have uh, acquaintances than than having an inner circle and the inner circle is always extremely precious and it's a whole other story not everybody has to see everything for me that's right and for you and it works for you and that's that's all that matters what would you say is the best part about your job i love the challenge i love problem solving i love having uh, having the intelligence analysis part where you need to anticipate potential attack vectors there is a part of profiling in my job when i have to deal with high value targets i have to see how far you can go with the profile of an individual um, and how accurate it is of course because you never have the full picture it's a good thing and i think it's the analysis and the problem solving and then as a third part is communicating with others and working towards keeping them safe but this comes in a huge contrast with uh, with the bad aspect of the job and the fact that we we spend a big time of the day thinking of how people could get exploited or are being exploited because we have come across really sad stories and that's the taxing part because on the one hand uh, you need to think like an attacker and you need to to have this dark side of you that has to come out to produce a good work for them and on the other hand you empathize with them and you want them to be well and yeah that balance that balance is very hard because it's very contradictory it is and that is the best way to put it because that's the human condition again we come back mm -hmm. to that isn't it <laughs> we're so full of, of contradictions yeah in psychology it is called the cognitive dissonance when you say one thing but you do another however a part of you your core personality will feel bad for this dissonance yeah exactly and we have a really good example of dissonance in your handwriting we do <laughs> we do <laughs> and i'm excited to get to that so if you're ready do you want to head into your handwriting i am more than ready and a little stressed but ready all right let's do that now the first thing that we really see with your handwriting christina is just that it is so consistent and carefully written it's organized it's planned that first paragraph it almost looks like it's a font oh <laughs> it's so carefully written there and that really does tell me right off the bat that you are somebody who will take the time to plan things you like making it just right you're a deliberate thinker and you will focus so once you get into a project you do have that ability to focus and see it through to the end mm -hmm. very true very very true wow and that comes uh, out of the the font style of writing so it's the fact that it's so consistent. Your, your letter formations are very, very consistent. There's very little deviation, at least in that first paragraph. Mm -hmm. Is your lines are organized. There's no entanglement. One line does not get it mixed up. I had a very hard time with the fact that there was no line. And I think you did this on purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it was very mean because I, I love lines. I would like to be on the line. And I was thinking, my goodness, there's nothing here. <laughs> yes. And now we're into the space where you were talking about how you have to balance that, you know, that darkness in you with the wanting to help people. <laughs> That's <laughs> me too. In one way, I know how hard it is. For me, uh, it's really hard when I have no lines on paper. My, my, my writing is not nearly so consistent as yours. But at the same time, it really helps me to understand who you are. 
So when we're looking at your baseline in particular, because there is no line that you're following. And what we see is you did a really good job of going fairly straight across the page. Yeah, I'm shocked. I didn't expect it. But there are places where you have a little bit of a rainbow, like up here on the second line, you can see where the, the words just go up a little bit and then you bring it back down again. This one, they drop a little bit, but then you bring it back. So there's a little bit of variance there. And what that variance tells me is that you're really good at adapting to situations. So you can, oh. you can change kind of on the fly. This is so true. This is so true. It's a big part of the job. I think it's one of the important skills in life as well, being adaptive and flexible in life. And that comes out of the handwriting. Uh, but this is uh, absolutely accurate. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that. The other thing that we really was striking about your hand, well, there's a lot of different things, Christina. So uh, I don't know which one I really want to say is the most striking, but it really does catch my eye is the fact that your left-hand margin, you take your lines right over to the edge of the page. And there is a meaning to that? There definitely is. There's two different meanings here. Now, on the page that you're writing on, there's a suggested margin because I have set it up for you where there's like, these numbers are in a row, this <gasps> is a suggested margin. And a lot of people will automatically, unconsciously follow that suggested margin. And so that tells me they're, they're going to be rule followers. Without even thinking about it, their natural inclination is to follow a rule. Now, because you brought your hand all the way back over... I also happen to know that you're probably not as much of a rule follower as you might want me to believe. Oh, as I want you to believe. So basically you're telling me that there's some sort of consistency, but then again, not as much or what? Yes, exactly. Oh so <laughs> because of the consistency of your writing, because of the organization of your writing, because of the legibility of your writing, it all points towards somebody who's going to be a rule follower. It all points to somebody who's going to make sure they're towing the line. But because you bring it all the way back over, it's a little bit of a rebellion. And it's saying, nope, I'm not going to follow all the rules. Yes. And this is so, so, so very true. And part of the reason why uh, I, I work with a, under a company and with a company, cybers can be happy. But at the same time, we have set a clear understanding between one another that I'm also going to be doing my own engagements when the situation calls for it. And there is this part where at some point I want to be doing my thing by myself in my way in a sense or to have the flexibility to pursue something different um and follow different rules for that reason but also during engagements i will i usually tend to think of uh what is supposed to happen and try to find what is not supposed to happen in a scenario what is not expected what does not follow the the book ah. and do that yeah Interesting. I like how you phrase that where you're going to look to see what is going to be the unexpected and not follow the book. That's a great way to phrase it. I don't know. I cannot believe this comes through the handwriting. <laughs> yep, it does. And the other thing that it tells me, and you've already confirmed this for us, a page is very symbolic. So a universal concept that we have as human beings is that the right is future and left is the past. So no matter where you are born, what language you speak naturally, when you're talking about the future, you're going to be going to the right. And when you're talking about the past, it's going to be towards the left. So when we apply that to the paper, the left is considered the past and the right is considered the future. 
So because you have you know, no left margin there, you've brought it right over, it does tell us that you are really tied to the past, that there is, you are tied to traditions or maybe family members. This is interesting because uh, that's true. First of all, that's very true. Because I believe in history and and on the general fact of uh, of how history is influencing the future. I don't believe that we suddenly come into this world and there is no there is no influence on us on from what has happened in the past. And also biopsychologically, supposedly, we also carry genes and uh, and memory genes from from yeah from our ancestors and what they learned back then and they pass on right it's so fascinating the way that it changes the genes and and we know that you know future generations are going to carry the changes in our genes that we're experiencing because of the stress of covid they're going to have a change in their genes to help them be better resilient towards it it's fascinating. and it might show in their handwriting at some point <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> But I'm curious, I have another question. So you say that the left side represents the past and the right side the future. And is it because we have a, a universal symbolism for that of this of of any timeline basically? Any timeline has this right and left side. Does that get that deeply ingrained that in the end it also projects through different areas in our lives like handwriting? Yes. Wow. It is. It, it's, it's a fascinating study that they did where they started to realize that no matter what country they went into, what language was being spoken in a conversation, they realized that they could tell if somebody was talking about the past because they would be looking to the left, they'd be gesturing to the left, or they could tell if they were talking about the future because they'd be gesturing to the right or looking to the right. And so they were able to actually pull it together. Um, and they've done other studies as well, just to see. And it just seems to be one of those universal things, even languages where you learn and you actually start writing from the right-hand side and you go across the left, the symbolism is still the same. Oh, wow. I never thought about it this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those universal things that we come into the world acknowledging and accepting as a human being. Let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, the other thing that I just want to mention about this is that left-hand margin, again, you're bringing it all the way back. So you're actually putting extra energy into this page, into your writing, because you're bringing your pen all the way back further than you have to. And then you're going all the way across the page because you can see here too that your writing goes pretty much right to the right-hand margin as well. Mm -hmm. That tells me that just because you're willing to put that extra energy in for when you're writing, you're going to put more energy into projects than probably what is actually required of you. You're going to go that extra mile. I feel so busted. This is true. This is true. I try to control myself sometimes. I have been told that, oh, come on. I feel so exposed right now. <laughs> oh. I, don't worry. I have uh, I have been told that sometimes I don't have to, to run that extra mile, that there is a specific rate of return that does not equal the effort at some point. However, I have the need to know that I have done my best at any given task that I'm given. I don't know why, but I do this with my projects. I also do this with food. I like to, when I cook, I like to do the extra mile and add the herb, add the spice whenever it's fit or an extra ingredient. And sometimes they tell me, you know what? You don't have to. Okay, the simple, simple version would have done the job as well. But I get a certain level of satisfaction out of it. 
Mm-hmm, you do. And apparently I do this on paper as well. And you do it on paper. And <laughs> and and you also touched on something else that is reflected in your writing where you're going to go that oh. extra mile. Like you're talking about food and spicing and cooking and, and making it just that little bit extra, a little nicer, a little more indulgent. And what we see in your handwriting is called pastiosity, which is a uniquely mm-hmm. graphology word. And it means that there's an inconsistency to the ink on paper. So there's going to be places where there's less ink deposited and places where there's more ink. And you used a fountain pen. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. So when you use a fountain pen, you have far less control over how much ink is actually deposited on your page than if you were to use a ballpoint. And so the effect that you get is you can see here where scientific knowledge is a little bit lighter, a little bit thinner, especially when you compare it down here to almost anyone where it's much darker and a thicker line on the page. There's much more ink in here. And same with when you look at inspired from, there's a lot more ink on the page than compared to their stories. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I wouldn't think. It matters, strangely, because I looked at the paper and I was thinking, okay, Christina, with your analytical brain, what could have a meaning here? And I didn't, definitely did not think of uh, the level of ink and the amount of it deposited. It's actually very telling because that tells me that pastiosity that we see on there, there's a sense of living through your senses. If you see a flower, you are really going to take in that flower. You're going to enjoy the color. You're going to enjoy the smell. When you're cooking Christmas dinner, you're going to really enjoy the cooking of it, the (laughs) smells of it, the taste of it. It's, you know, you take delight in what you see and experience around you. This is so impressive. You know, you could be a fortune teller and just ask people outside to to give you a small handwriting sample and then have your magic ball and say, let me tell you a few things about yourself. Except it's not fortune telling because, um, but that's the problem I think is traditionally and historically for us, we run into that a lot where people say, there's no way that that can possibly mean it. It's too simple. There's, you, you can't make that connection, but we can, there's enough evidence, you know, there's we have a long history of gathering samples and there's been enough of it that we know that there are certain things that it's just the way it is. So we know who you are right now. Can't tell you the future, but. And you are very accurate. (laughs) Thank you. I have a lot of experience. If I can tell. Yes. Now let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, let's take a look. Oh, we are going to talk about your baseline again. Now I mentioned your baseline where, you know, it points the words sometimes drift up a little bit ever, ever so slightly, but then come right back down. You, you really do have a very even baseline overall. But one of the things that's quite notable, noticeable is that you always bring your letters in each word back down to the baseline. So if you look at learn, all of these letters come right back down to the baseline. If you were to put a line starting mm. from the L to the N, you see that you bring them back down to the baseline, from back down to the baseline. Anybody, you're sticking to the baseline combination is pretty good given the size of that word you did pretty good in sticking to your baseline i would say over and over again we see that you're going to bring it back down and that just shows me that you uh, have a strong need for security and you are very pragmatic as well that's true that's very true and uh, i love the interpretation yes i find the interpretation very fascinating as well and how everything works in such a symbolic way and we we work with it and it leaks out my goodness and i think it's interesting because it really does show again you're talking about that cognitive dissonance and that's one of them where at times you do float a little bit to show that you can adapt to what's going on around you and yet you also have this pragmatic streak where you want your feet on the ground 
I would uh, I would think that this would connect to something like discipline, something like uh, bringing yourself back down. But what you're saying is very, very true as well. It's very, very true. I, I try to keep a pragmatic point of view, definitely <laughs> the security aspect, <laughs> very deliberate about that. And what you're talking about, like that self-control, that focus, that's my, just that consistency, like we were talking about at All the very right. beginning, right? Is that consistency of form, the organization, the legibility, it all speaks towards self-control, emotional maturity, focus, all of that. I assume you're you are doing a sort of intelligence analysis because in the end of the day, you take different parts, different pieces of evidence and you, you thread it together into a profile as well. Yes, exactly. That's interesting. So I assume that we can also use handwriting, for example, when we interview people for a specific job, if uh, you want a babysitter, for example, I assume you would want to know whether she has certain traits. Yes. Whether it's a, oh, that's very interesting. It's, it's actually a really great way of doing that. So if you are hiring a nanny or a babysitter is to get a handwriting sample, because there are certain things that will show that, yes, this is more a people person, or this is not a people person. Like for you, you have all of your letters are leaning a little bit to the right. They all have a little bit of a rightward leaning slant. Mm -hmm. So that shows me that you are empathetic, that you are kind, that you are focused towards others. So I know that no matter, you know, even though sometimes you have to think like the bad guy, you're not a bad guy at heart. That's very true. And that's where it hurts. You do have that heart. You do that have that empathy and that kindness towards others. So when you're looking at hiring somebody for your kids, you want to be looking for something like that, right? You don't want the violence in it. You don't want the people who are going to be a little bit combustible. And by that, I just mean where they might get upset easily, right? Oh, my, no. Oh, they need to have patience and self-control, like what you show here. Uh, the other good thing about that is if you get a handwriting sample originally and you start to get an idea for who they are, if you, and this works really, really good in companies too, is in a year you get another handwriting sample because now you can see the differences and you can say, is there something going on that might be affecting their job? And you can ask people and sometimes people will tell you and sometimes they don't because they're not comfortable. But if you can say, it looks like something's going on, do you want to talk about it? It changes the whole conversation. That's a very interesting perspective because you don't have to violate a boundary. You can just ask in an empathetic way and maybe you will truly get a piece of information that is very useful for a decision. And there is a very big industry about making correct decisions and how to make these correct decisions. And uh, it's fascinating to see that handwriting can be a part of it and can contribute in a unique way. Also, I, like you said, you can see if a person will be collaborative, will be able to get along with others or adapt. How many companies are, or projects require people that can have flexibility in their lives or learn something new. This is yes. very useful. Oh, it is. There's so many different uses for it. Hmm. All right. Now I want to look at one letter in particular. Now, oftentimes I focus on the T and I will talk about your T because there are some noteworthy aspects of it. But first I want to talk about your F because your F is super talkative. The F. Your F. For here we have focus on favorite and you can see the two F's here and there's like a little loop at the top and then you cross it in the middle again. So essentially you're double crossing the F with the tiny loop on top and it never goes down into the lower zone. And the lower zone is, is anything that happens below the baseline. So it's like this drop here with your G 
So there's a few things about that that are very striking. Now, the first one is that F and your G. So where's when a good G? Here's a good G on get. So that F and that G are my first clues that English was not your native language. I knew that you were not North America because those are not North American style of letters. But on a deeper level, that F that's double crossed is really interesting because having it double crossed shows me that there is a really a deep need for control and precision and double checking the details. Your attention to detail, Christina, is going to be second to none. This is, yeah. Oh no, and this comes out through the loop on the F. Well, the loop on the F tells me something a little different. Oh, but does it? Okay, come on. It does, but it's just combined with the fact that you end up with two crosses across that stem. That loop on the top, you cross it the once and then you do another one. And it's that second cross that tells me that you really are attention to detail. You're going to have lists, you're going to have methods, you're going to have processes that you follow. Yes, I do. And I have a, I, I do have a, I have this trait attention to detail i hope i didn't have it as much but it ends up helping out do my job right however sometimes it's painful i have to say i can imagine now the other part is that small loop that we talked about where it does have the little loop on the top of it and that one is the part that really does tell me that overall you're going to keep people a little bit at bay which isn't to say you're not friendly because you are you are friendly and you are you do want to meet people but those that you let into your inner circle are going to be few and they're going to be select. You're not just going to automatically share everything and you're not going to overshare with people that you've just met. Very true. I will share, but uh, I think we were discussing this earlier, that the inner circle will be something different. They will have a whole different level of sharing. That's right. And support. Yeah, that's a big part is the support with it, isn't it? And that comes out through the loop. <laughs> that goodness. little, yeah, the little loop just at the very top. That's what it tells me. And the fact that there's nothing going on into the lower zone. So what does the lower zone represent? This is so fascinating. The lower zone represents a lot of your different drives, the subconscious drives. So it's going to be like uh, physical activity, sex, money. Mm -hmm. And some of that applies to just simply how you interact with people as well. Mm-hmm. Ah. That's something I don't typically go into on my podcast. I was about to say this. Uh, there, there must be a whole book that you can write just based on the on the lower zone. Yeah, the lower zone is really fascinating, and yeah, some very personal as well. Exactly, and and to me, for me personally, it's not one that I look at just out of default. There's other things that I'm going to look at. Um, and I'm sure that you experience things like that too, where with your knowledge of the human behavior, sometimes it's like you just don't. Yes. You're not always going to be on. You're not always going to be using that because it's just too much information sometimes. It's so much information and it, and it takes a lot of energy to decode everything. So yes, some things happen automatically. Yes, your uh, eye will be attracted by one specific thing that you will interpret immediately, subconsciously. But other than that, you might not do the effort of processing it further than just noticing it. And it's also a form of uh, respecting some uh, boundaries, I think. Agreed. Yeah, it is. It's you're walking that line between. To me, I don't ever want to make somebody feel uncomfortable. That's not what I want. This is very clear from the way you describe everything. And it's also very appreciated. 
but at the same time, extremely fascinating. Good. That's what we want. Fascinating and uh, interesting and a little bit of education there. You ready for the next? I'm ready. Okay, the next part we're going to talk about is your teas, because of course it is the tea party. So the teas for you, you have a little bit of a low T-bar crossing. And by a low T-bar crossing, I mean that it just goes a little bit below the top of your middle zone. And the middle zone is all of your letters, like your E's, your O's, your M's, your N, A, those kind of letters. And the T-bar often drops a little bit below the top of that. Okay, now I see it. I cannot unsee it anymore, actually. I see it everywhere. For this one, I'm going to put it into context because when I look at the rest of your writing, the rest of your writing really reflects your education, your emotional maturity. Um, it's very clear. It's well organized. You have a, a nicely defined upper zone. So when I see the lower T-bar, you maybe underestimate what you're really capable of and you might set your goals just a little bit low. Mm. Ah, this is a big story. I think I do sometimes underestimate, like, it takes me a very long time until I think that something I have worked on is good enough. And like, I think it ties to what we were saying before. I want to know that I've done my best. I have very, very big goals and plans in life. But at the same time, there is again this whole contradiction between having ambitions and having to be patient. And I don't know how to balance that. Right. So I don't know if this relates to it. In some ways it does, Christina, because your handwriting, it's clear that it takes you time. Even using a fountain pen, that's going to slow you down. So it's clear that your writing isn't something that you're rushing through. You are very patient. You create it, you make it a little bit extra. And so that shows that patience that you have. And I wonder if it's almost a little bit of how do you shake a little bit of that patience off so that you can move forward in perhaps a bolder way. A bolder way. Mm. I, I don't know how that would look like. That would be interesting. Yeah, you just have to have your everything in place, all your I's dotted, your T's crossed maybe to the point where it stops you from moving forward sometimes. Oh, this is, you know, you give me food for thought. Again, actually you have given me a whole lot of food for thought. All of our conversation, the one we've had today, the one we had earlier before we started the podcast, this is something I need to chew on. And, uh, you know, these conversations you have in your, with yourself where you look at a couple of things you might not have necessarily realized before somebody points them out to you and they say, uh, <clears throat> Look at this. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. No, but there is a fine balance. And sometimes, uh, actually, this, uh, this is something I will have to self-reflect on. It's my favorite thing to hear, actually, is something that says, hmm. Oh. oh, thank you. You know, this analysis can, uh, can help you build a better self-awareness. I mean, I feel this now through this process. It's like a meter. It's like you're holding a meter and you say, look, you're probably doing this. And uh, you, you leave me with an unsaid question, which is something like, is this serving you well? Maybe you want to consider that. At least that's what I get out of it. That is such a good question. Is it serving you well? Hmm. Mm, I like that, Christina. That is really, you just kind of gave me goosebumps. That is kind of at the heart of it, isn't it? And you do it in such a subtle way. You re reciprocated that because now I'm like, hmm, interesting. Mm. 
Yeah, and I'm thinking this is a very well spent time. I'm enjoying this a lot. Awesome. All right. Well, now we're going to change gears a little bit here, Christina, because <sighs> I'm going to take a look at Spot the Lie. So this is where now I'm on the hot seat. I know that you did put a lie in here. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I know where it is. Do you? I'm just going to walk you through why. Because your first paragraph is, like I said, it looks like a font. It's so consistent. Your <laughs> lines are pretty even, given the fact that you're writing on a blank piece of paper. And then we get into the second paragraph. And this is where things get really, really crazy. Suddenly we have words going on a slant that we have never seen before. And we have kind of things going in different sizes even and we have things that are scribbled out now having letters or words that are, are scribbled out that's okay there's nothing wrong with that however it's a really big change in your baseline a really big one a really big one because look you went through this yeah. whole paragraph you're writing nice and slow and beautifully and consistently so much so that it makes me wonder did you put a piece of you know lined <laughs> paper underneath it is it a font like how are you doing that to now we have this so this is a little bit of that dissonance that we were talking about where all of a sudden something's not lining up with who you are in your person so i'm going to say that you really do not enjoy lying and it shows. <laughs> and I would say, tell me about this living in more than four countries. Oh my. I don't think I believe you there. And you, uh, you in fact, spotted the word, not even the sentence. Uh, you know, you told me, you asked me to put a line in there, a lie. And I was thinking, okay, maybe she, she might spot the... Um, she might spot the sentence maybe I, um maybe i should try to make it a bit confusing by mixing truth and lies in the sentence but you're actually pointing out the words the and this is correct the four countries is the um, is the lie and now i also see why you say that my handwriting is changing a little bit because this is something i did not realize while i was writing it i was thinking i was very consistent in fact Oh no, and now I see it. Oh my. Yeah, we can really see here. This is you're planning your lie. This is you gearing yourself up to, to actually lie and, and figure it out. And, and things totally fall apart for you. So we know that really, truly, this is not something you're comfortable with. You do not feel duping delight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even though I invited you to do it, this is not in your comfort zone. Yeah, that's true. And that's also very true. I was trying to figure out where exactly I'm going to put the line. In, but I guess mm. I gave myself up. You definitely caught my attention. And then the four countries is because all of a sudden, look at how big that four is. And the four, remember how I was talking about your Fs don't even drop into the lower zone. That four goes above into your upper zone, middle zone, and lower zone. It covers all three, which is a really big deviation for you. I wouldn't have thought that that's what gives it away. Mm -hmm. It draws attention. Like even if I zoom out, it's, it's like pretty oh. much the one thing that that whole spot right here just it's like that's saying look at me please tell me that it uh, it needs a trained eye because i feel so very exposed um it really actually it does 
and you have it. Yeah, spotting lies is something that is not always easy. Um, it's just like when you're looking for leakage on somebody's face, right? Those mm -hmm. micro expressions, it takes training. Once you know what you're looking for, you can really start to see it. And sometimes you see it without even knowing what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. It does take practice and it does take training. And you have been extremely accurate, so I can uh, imagine how much practice you had you have on your back <laughs> when, when it comes to something like this we're never going to hit a hundred percent because it's humans and it's a human interpreting human so it'll never be a hundred percent um but it is surprising how how often it'll be like wait a moment i don't think that's quite true i mean i was thinking okay the other words don't look perfect either but you had a very clear explanation that look this number here is larger so <clears throat> yep what can i say I, I i don't think i can ex i can find a way to excuse myself and it really does show me i mean overall like this is a handwriting sample of somebody who is very honest yes you can keep your secrets yes you can you know you're not necessarily going to share everything and if somebody shares something with you you are going to keep it secret mm. as well so it's a positive the fact that i can easily see your your deception that's a positive it shows that you are overall a very honest person and that made you really uncomfortable to have to do that and to put it in writing that made you really uncomfortable mm -hmm. i didn't think uh i didn't think it would show through all right well i think that's everything that i had to say about your writing did you have any last questions for me christina i have uh, a whole book of questions i'm thinking about like how many elements you picked out, like the the lines, the fonts, the the layers, and the the slang, and they all have something to say. And I think I want to study handwriting analysis to at least get a better understanding. Maybe use it in my work. But uh, reaching your level of accuracy, I can imagine, is uh, something completely different. You have very you have a very interesting like of line of work. I agree. It is a really interesting line of work and it is, isn't normal. It's not, it's not standard to have a conversation like we just had mm -hmm. between two people who really don't know each other. But you know a lot more now. Right. And yet now we do, right? Now we know each other a lot better. And now it, it is a matter of, you know, there is a, a deeper connection there than just the surface level. That's true. And I think it's wonderful. And I, I feel like a lot of us crave that. You know, I think if we can learn to really understand other people, it makes us all happier. Yes, to understand others and to be understood by others. I hope uh, people spend more time trying to, to do that. Also, out of my background, I definitely have come across this realization many times. And there's so much research now that shows that, that people who feel understood on a daily basis are going to be healthier and happier people. Or have better relationships with one another. Well, this has been delightful. You are a wonderfully gracious and charming and intelligent individual. And I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with you, Christina. I'm shocked. I am very shocked. I didn't expect to be that exposed. Well done. That's a, that gave me a lot of food for thought. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And we will talk later, Christina. Great. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI.